I actually just heard this a couple of days ago. I went to get lunch with a friend and he said, you don't own what people tell you. So if someone bullies you, if someone makes a comment, you don't have to own that. And I think that's so important to understand because for so long, what everyone told me is what I started believing and then what I would tell myself. And instead of realizing that it's all dependent on how you feel about yourself at the end of the day, you're the only person that is going to have to live in your skin for the rest of your life. So why would you spend even a quarter of it hating it? Hi, everyone. This is Lisa and welcome to the Glow Podcast. From the time she was very small, she liked to climb walls and flip over couches. She played with toys while hanging upside down under the table. She was five years old when she started competing in gymnastics. Her name is Caitlin Ohashi, and she is today's guest on the podcast. You probably know her from her gymnastics floor routine that went viral on YouTube in 2019. It's been watched by more than 221 million people. Or you may have seen her in the ESPN Body Issue, or heard her speak at the ESPYs. Caitlin has spoken out about the issue of body shaming and how it affects our mental health. She has opened up about her relationship to food and how not to internalize negative comments from other people. We talk about all of this and so much more in our interview, as well as what it was like to be on the Gold Over America tour, along with a team of other female gymnasts. She shares about her poetry and other creative projects on the horizon. And I'll also ask her a few questions submitted by you, our GLOW members. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Caitlin as much as I did. I very much appreciated her willingness to speak from the heart and for venturing to be vulnerable. Caitlin, welcome to the Globe Podcast. Thank you so much for being here with us today, and we appreciate you taking the time. I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank you. I've been having so much fun learning about you as a gymnast. I think those that have watched you in your sport can feel your energy and can see why you're one of the most celebrated gymnasts. Not only are you so skillful in your execution, you exude warmth, joy, inclusivity, creativity, strength, and grace. The sport really seems to nourish your soul, despite all of the highs and lows that and lessons that can come with any worthwhile endeavor. I'd love to learn about your other passions that nourish your soul as well during our time together today. But I wonder if we could begin by learning a bit about your journey with gymnastics. Was it something you were innately drawn to at a young age? Oh my gosh. My mom said I used to do cartwheels in the womb. Ah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I pretty much came out doing cartwheels and back handsprings. I started when I was three and my mom had gym- gymnastics growing up. And so when I got put into it, it was kind of like, I was this kid with a lot of energy, loved climbing up walls and flipping over couches and um, playing with toys upside down underneath the table. And so it was this thing that, yeah, innately I had um, just raw, I think, talent mm-hmm. and I started competing when I was like five years old. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it was your life was all, all around you, so to speak, the culture. 100%. And I know my mom, like she cleaned the gym and she would also, um, she coached. And so we were kind of 
always in the gym, even when I wasn't in practice. And we ended up having to make a move when I was nine. So it was really, really embedded in me. Um, and definitely became something that was my entire life, my world started homeschooling. So then I really didn't have any outside things. So yeah, it was so ingrained that you said the gym, you had part of the gym in your home, you had trampolines and beams there in the house with you. Yeah, I see. I think I don't know why my parents did it, but um, they got me a beam be probably because I hated it so much growing up. Oh, interesting. And so for me to feel comfortable on it, I think they got me that. Okay. But um, we just had a trampoline outside and my brothers would definitely take credit for my talent because they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, my brother and his friends would be like, we flipped you when you were like three and that's why you can do all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So you have two two brothers. I have three. Three brothers. Wow. Okay. So we'll well three, all older. All older. Okay. Well, we'll give them a little bit of credit. I guess you could. You know, <laughs> everyone everyone has a part in it. That's awesome. Exactly. <laughs> well, first of all, I suspect many people know you from your your floor routine that went viral in 2019. I just watched it one more time before we before we started our time together. I've seen it, I don't know, four or five times now, but I get chills and start to, and tears come to me. Then I realize a few things. Well, first of all, I noticed it's been viewed over 220 million times now. Yeah, well over. So uh, yeah, (laughs) you couldn't see Caitlin's expression, but her eyes just got huge at just hearing that number, I'm sure. So I watched it again this morning and I just think, you can really feel your love for the sport in that moment. I grew up dancing and I love dancing. So it's also something I, is, that's inside me that I could relate to and also love Michael and Janet singing. But I think it's the energy yeah. that you exude again, as I mentioned in the beginning, and then feeling your, it was almost as if the audience was lifting you up and you were lifting the audience up this shared energy exchange that you can't really put words to completely. But like I said, I was brought to tears again after seeing it so many times and then the chills. So you can't quite put words to it, but you can feel it. I think that's part of what people are experiencing when they view it. It's coming through the screen, so to speak, when people are really resonating with the energy and feeling uplifted. And then also your your teammates by your side, how they were engaged in getting into it. And you could feel that energy exchange. And so there's just so much going on in that moment that I wonder if you could just speak to a little bit about how you were feeling in the moment and then even the high afterwards and then also viewing it online and seeing how the response that it's been getting worldwide is pretty amazing. Yeah, wow. Um, That was definitely a very pivotal moment in my life, which is, I mean, who would have thought? Uh, Yeah, it was just another day, you know, we've been competing, or we compete every weekend in college. And that was actually the second meet of the season. We went in and it was it wasn't our typical meet because we had four teams versus it's typically two in college. And I remember the energy from the crowd and the music, the music was the loudest it's probably ever been in a competition. Like when I was on beam, Mm -hmm. you could feel it vibrating the beam. Just that's how loud it was. And so that Florentine was, it was the first time I competed the split double A, which actually got added to the quota points. And I know this is like gibberish probably to anyone that doesn't know gymnastics, but my first pass, which is two flips, 
laid out. Um, I added a split into the first flip, which kind of just gave it an extra twist. And I remember kind of being nervous for that pass. And as soon as that finished, I knew that the rest was kind of like a piece of cake. So I got to really just live in the moment. Um, we were on podium, which also means that the floor is elevated. It gives you an extra bounce. It's easier to compete in an environment like that. Easier on your body, more bounce. So it was just a, it was just a good time. It was fun. There were people from in the audience that weren't just college fans, like little girls that had just came from their competition, came over to watch. And I remember it being so loud, but so still in the moment, like, mm. especially on the quiet parts, it seemed like everyone was so captivated and engaged in what I was doing. And I do feed off of the audience heavily. So the louder they are, the more engaged they are, the more that I give. Mm. And also being with my teammates is like the best thing ever. Actually, in that video, it's so funny, because I'm notorious for clapping off beat. And <laughs> I clapped so off beat. And one of my moves that like, I looked at my teammates and we were just all laughing together. <laughs> so like, you feel my joy because I'm truly happy and just like laughing at myself. <laughs> right. Just being silly and having fun with it. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And then just real quick before I ask about your response that it's been getting, but just I'm thinking that when you mentioned nervousness, I was thinking about nervous energy the other day and sort of like how we can reframe that in terms of like put it into the excitement bucket. That way it's not so nerve wracking, but speaks to how much you care and how passionate you are about the sport and how excited you are. 100% right. There's that quote that says like, if you don't get nervous, it means you don't care, mm. which I was, I was just talking to a big group of people about nerves and how I'm like, it's kind of impossible to not get nervous if you're like, walking on a four inch beam or like doing these flips that no one else can do. Um, <laughs> so it is even so we just had a tour, I just finished up two days ago. And I, I mean, even that every single night, you get nervous, because it's like, you, you want to do your best, and you want the crowd to have a good time. And um, yeah, you, you just truly care. But I think nerves are so good, because it gives adrenaline and adrenaline only helps because our floor teams are really, really tiring. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and also like, if you have good technique, adrenaline only helps you flip higher and do better. And like, so it's just about working it and using it to your advantage. Mm, that's such a good point. It fuels you. Yeah, it can, yes. it can fuel you. Yeah, that's so cool. Okay. And then over 200 million and people are still viewing it all the time. I suspect they will be doing so for some time. So is it a bit mind boggling? And that's what's so crazy that it just keeps going up because I think around the Olympics, there was another pretty big skyrocket of um, views. Mm -hmm. And so actually the last time I had looked at it, maybe a, a month ago, it was at 205 million, I think. Mm -hmm. And so just to even hear like, 15 million right more people have you <laughs> yeah oh yeah it's like it is it is really really mind-boggling I'm sure at least 200 million came from my mom but um <laughs> but it is it is really fun and I'm um, Gymnastics is an interesting sport because so much of it is based on the Olympics and that's when people watch it. So for college gymnastics to get recognition mm -hmm. to the degree that it has is really, really exciting to see. Like 2019 when that routine went viral, 
we ended up selling the most tickets. Like we broke records every Mm. arena we went except for one that year. And wow. So yeah, that's really rare. So crazy. And not only that, like, not only for UCLA, but attendance all across the country, it grew in college gymnastics, which I mean, that's, that's all you want for your sport, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's so cool. So from that floor routine, you um, got to attend the ESPYs that year as well, right? And won um, best play. And best play. And um, there was one other one. That's right. There was one other one. I think it was the best viral moment or something. Best. Oh my gosh, I should know these things, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to look it up. Yeah, best viral moment. Cool. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I saw your amazing acceptance speech for best play. And so I wondered if you could speak to that, the whole experience of just being there. And then you had this beautiful poetic piece, which I thought was a really cool, creative thing to do. Thank you. Um, Yeah, it was actually funny. My friend, we were just talking about like, oh my gosh, like I'm up for a nomination. And he was like, you need to do a poem or like, have you written your speech at all? And I'm like, no, why would I do that? Like, I don't, (laughs) I don't think I'm gonna win. And then um, so I started thinking about it. And obviously, like, yeah, I do a lot of poetry. And I wanted to make it something that was different and something that wasn't just another um, regular speech. So I incorporated poetry in it, which also this is a time that the women soccer players were really big about women and quality and um, getting paid equally. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I, I, there's so there was so much positive feedback on my video, of course, but it's so funny because and you expect it with that many views, of course, not everyone's gonna love it. And when I was up for these um, awards, a lot of people were like, oh, she's gonna win because she's a female. Mm. Or on the video, there were a lot of people like, oh, why is she out there? She should be in the kitchen. Mm. So like comments like that, where it's like, okay, it is also, this is 2019, where I'm Mm -hmm. like, we're making so many strides, like how are people still like making these comments? Um, So I wanted to address it in my speech while being so thankful for getting that award. I did want to just shed light on what women or like female athletes go through because I think so many times you get to hear the narrative of a male athlete over the female one. So yeah, it it was crazy and it was so fun being up there and especially getting to share that in front of all of these incredible, incredible athletes. And I remember the soccer team being pretty close to the stage and all of them standing up and giving me a stand. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, wow. yeah. It was, it was crazy. Um, really, really fun experience. And even like afterwards, cause it's, it's nerve wracking. You go in and you're like, Oh my gosh, these people are so big time. Mm-hmm. And I always feel like I never deserve a spot in the room, which is something that I've also been really working on and just yeah. understanding that like I deserve to be here too. Um, right. which, but everyone was so, so great. So welcoming and that, Yeah. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Good. Well, you did, you more than deserve to be there. That's amazing. And I love that you use your time, your voice for something larger than yourself. So that speaks a lot to who you are and your spirit. That's amazing. Thank you for 
for doing that. It's super important. We'll link to the acceptance speech where you read your poem. I think that would be cool to do in the show notes for, so people can oh, just go right to it. Amazing. The other thing that came to mind, the other opportunity I think that came up through all of that experience was the ESPN body issue that year as well, which I'd love to link to that article and the images are just stunning. And I just wanted to... to hear a little bit about that experience. I mean, I think, again, such a, such an important way to showcase different body types and the importance of body acceptance. Yeah, you know, um, I think for a long time, a lot of my life, what, well, so when you're a gymnast, most of your body is pretty revealed mm-hmm. um, with what we wear and being in the public eye. But on top of that, like, because it is so public, we get a lot of, you know, body image um, comments. And so pretty much from the time I was 13, I was called fat um, and on forth. So to be able to take all of that in those comments and things that I started believing myself to take all of those and to finally be able to stand in front of people naked, embracing not only my body, but my skin too. Like that's something that I had a, a difficult time with growing up because I have a skin condition called granuloma annulare, which is a pretty rare condition. And it covers pretty much most of my body. And even, even like wearing bikinis and swimsuits, I don't typically post photos like that, or I would never, um, because I was so embarrassed and ashamed of it. And Mm. then taking all of these things that were once so ugly to me or things that I hated to take that and turn it into love and things that I started embracing, like Mm -hmm. my legs are what make me able to do the things that I can. And my skin Mm. makes me unique and um, different and I now love it and don't mind people seeing it. So to have that opportunity was really, really cool. And I remember getting the ask and I was like freaking out. Um, there were so many cool things about it that I was able to do with it. And also I wanted them to show my skin in the images and I wanted to be able to do a poem on a piece, um, Mm -hmm. on the artwork with it. So, yeah, that's beautiful, inspiring and I just think it's such a super important message for so many people and everyone I feel like can relate. I deal with eczema. My father dealt with psoriasis, always something that typically someone has, you know, that they're dealing with in some way. And I got psoriasis too. I got diagnosed two years ago and it is a pain sometimes. Like people stare at you like you have this crazy disease. Yeah. And like, and sometimes you feel like you do. You're like, oh my gosh, I like... But I feel like your spirit of acceptance and sharing, you, you share you share so genuinely with your heart. You've touched so many lives. Being vulnerable can affect so many people around you. I appreciate that. Thank you. It's always good to re- be reminded. Yeah, I think I think so. And maybe we could touch on on body image for a moment because I think this touches many people's lives in some ways. That's what I've realized too. Yeah. Like sharing, it's all demographics, all genders. Like, um, and those are the little things that remind me like sharing only helps because everyone's going through it and you feel so lonely at the time. Mm-hmm. So wh- why would you want someone to see the best highlights of your life like when that's not what life is actually yes yeah exactly 
Yeah, it's like we're all holding we're all holding on to the same it's it, it definitely goes in line with shame right like we're just scared to share those parts of ourselves those vulnerabilities but the more we do and open up we're like oh we're all feeling the same the same thing which which again yeah as you said helps you feel not so alone in it so i guess what have through your own experience with body image and and body shaming what have been like your greatest lessons and how has it impacted your life I actually just heard this a couple of days ago. I went to get lunch with a friend and he said, you don't own what people tell you. Mm -hmm. So if someone bullies you, if someone makes a comment, you don't have to own that. And I think that's so important to understand because for so long, what everyone told me is what I started believing and then what I would tell myself. And instead of realizing that it's all dependent on how you feel about yourself at the end of the day, you're the only person that is going to have to live in your skin for the rest of your life. So why would you spend even a quarter of it hating mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. and um, beating yourself up over just like little things? Everyone is so focused on their own life and to focus on their own insecurities to even focus on yours. So, so what I've realized through it is you can take these parts of you that maybe you don't typically or like necessarily enjoy. And if there is something that you can do to live a healthier lifestyle, like I was watching a video yesterday. Um, this girl, Victoria is fantastic, but she always says like, or she was, she was doing a workout video and she's like working out because I hate myself or because I want to look better because this versus working out because I want to feel healthy because it gives me energy because, you know, like, so changing all of these negative connotations to something that's positive and shifting the way that we think. And I've also even noticed like when I was beating myself up for the way I looked and trying to lose all this weight and such negative ways, I didn't ever lose weight or see a shift until I started thinking positively about things and started nurturing my body in a way that it deserved to be loved and fueled mm -hmm. because I never even understood what a relationship was with food or a positive one. I just knew food was bad mm -hmm. until I started educating myself and learning and understanding even what my body needs because we're all so different. That's right. Um, yeah. And one's one, like my body will never be tall, skinny, long, lanky. You know, yeah. like, and that's okay. Yeah. It doesn't have to be what the person next to me looks like. That's beautiful. And what great insight and observation that you notice once you were nourishing your body, not just with the food, but like with the healthy thoughts. So, so nourishing with healthy thoughts, healthy foods, healthy mindset, essentially, then you started to see the things that you were, as you said, that you were, you're beautiful, you're strong. You have to have strong legs to be able to do all of the skills that you can do. It's it's truly amazing. I was thinking about what the friend said to you, like, you don't own what people tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It made me think of like how you mentioned earlier that I don't know how someone could could have a negative comment on that beautiful floor routine. But as you said, with so many views, there's going to be people that are going to say something. But whenever there's negative comments, I always feel like on anything, you know, on your posts, on your videos or anything, I always feel like it's important to consider the source. And then it's also it's also such a great reminder of 
the pain that might be going on inside of that person. And so I, I, in, it's helpful, at least I think, to flip it and have now compassion and empathy for this person that 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 they need to respond and react, you know, that way to something so beautiful and joyful. Like, gosh, what pain must must be going on inside of them? That is that is actually a huge thing that I had to like go through, like almost wanting to feel like I want to reach through the phone and just give them a hug because hurt people hurt people, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. Um, it is, it is definitely more of a reflection and it's so cliche. Cause you hear it all the time. Like, it's not me, it's you or wait, it's not you. It's me. Sorry. Um, and you know, I never really quite understood it fully until about a couple years ago. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like everything that everyone does has nothing to do with another person and everything to do with themselves. Right. And Yeah. That's a great message and takeaway. So for anyone listening that can relate to that or find that helpful, that's a great message. I'd love to dive into mental health for a little bit too. As you may know, our platform is all about wellness for body, heart, and mind. But I'm curious, in what ways do you take care of your mental health? And and how has that maybe evolved for you over the last years of through competition and then coming coming through and out of your, your college career with competing? Um, I guess like, well, now I would say I fully believe in Sabbath rest, which is resting to work versus working to rest. And, um, so much of, I feel like American culture is based on work and feeling like if you're not working, you're wasting time or you're not bettering yourself when there's so many different ways of doing that. Like when I get so stressed and overwhelmed, I feel like I have to just, like I physically can't do anything. Whereas if I would just take a really solid hour of like then bettering myself and um, even going to a therapist for an hour because we feel guilty for doing like something that will actually help us. Mm -hmm. Like I'm like, oh, I don't have time to go to therapy when it's like, if I just did that, for an hour and then I could go on and work when do something productive after that and get all of the things that I need done versus just laying there for a full day feeling like I can't. Um, so yeah, that's something that's really helpful for me and something that really hasn't shifted for quite some time is writing. Like I have my journal with me here and I just woke up yesterday. I'm like, I need to journal because my mind was racing and I couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love writing. I love going and having access to nature and being outside. And then it, sometimes I don't even matter how, it doesn't matter how cold it is. Like mm-hmm. I just bundle up and go experience some fresh air. Um, exercising does make me feel better, like my mind. And my coach always says, like, even if you walk an hour, it can allow your creative juices to start flowing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I definitely take a lot of time to myself to like, I think people expect me to almost be an extrovert because of my floratine, mm-hmm. but I'm so introverted mm-hmm. um, that I do refuel by myself. So it's good for me to have time. And also, um, yeah, I, I didn't, I used to not have a lot of time yeah. to myself, especially when everything was happening. So it was really, really hard. And I felt like I couldn't even process it, anything. And then the amount of directions I was being pulled 
And sometimes I still actually have a really hard time saying no to things, mm. which is something I'm still learning. Like it's okay to say no and yes to yourself. Um, yeah. And being very, just like mindful. I try to reflect a lot. That's great. You help gain more awareness every time you reflect on, on something but that's going on, whether it's internal or an external exchange with another person or, but you touched on a few things that I think are really important. We had this conversation with Ethan Cross, who wrote a book called Chatter, Harnessing the Power of Your Inner Voice. And those are a couple of the tools that he mentions is writing or journaling or getting out in, in nature. And then this private solo time, I think, I think that's super important. As you said, you missed out on a lot of that growing up. And then you touched on boundaries and getting comfortable with saying no to things. I feel like that's such a hot topic lately, too. People are, are starting to learn well, first of all, the consequences of not saying no. So then it gets it you catch it catches up with you at some point and whether mentally, physically, emotionally, it's gonna catch up with you, you know, because you're essentially just running yourself down by by not holding up healthy boundaries. So I feel like there's so many great books and tools out there that are helping support people get especially women, become more comfortable with holding these healthy boundaries. 100%. Oh, man. <laughs> that is a huge topic in itself. <laughs> yes, we could probably spend a whole episode just talking about that. You just wrapped the Gold Over America tour with a group of incredible female gymnasts. This tour was a celebration of powerful athletes who together are a united force proudly representing the sport of women's gymnastics and inspiring the next generation of athletes. And so um, I saw some videos from this, this tour it just looked amazing. Could, I forgot how many cities you you hit up in the tour completely. 32 cities in about six weeks. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. It was like five, we had five shows every week and unless a couple shows here and there we had, it was originally supposed to be 35 cities, three got canceled. So we went down 32. Wow. What, what, what are your highlights takeaways? And what was it like being back in the gym prepping for the tour? Oh my gosh, how insane. Yeah. So I've been retired now for about two years. And the the tour was supposed to happen last year. So it would only been a year, which easy. That's okay. That's doable. Mm -hmm. Being out two years was definitely really hard, especially most of the girls were coming off of their the height of their career. Like they just got done with the Olympics two year two weeks prior to the event starting. And um I was just kind of like the old lady in the back like, <laughs> trying to get it together and my body hurt so bad. And I like, I had quite the, you know, trials and tribulations on tour. Like it was not a perfect tour for me. I, I strained my calf during rehearsals. So I was in a boot for the first two shows and I, um, got, I got, I was the only one that got COVID. Oh. Um, in the middle of tour. So I missed five tour stops. Um, but I like being able to be back out there was so amazing because that's something I feel like I love performing and I feel like it's something that comes pretty naturally. So not being out and not being able to necessarily find that again in my life also gave me a lot of like joy and happiness being on the tour. I, 
the the message with the tour also was so incredible because it wasn't just about gymnastics. And I feel mm-hmm. like sometimes with athletes, you get so wrapped up in the talent of us versus the human mm-hmm. being. And that's with, you know, that's with, I guess, maybe more than just athletes, but you really, really see it typically. Mm-hmm with this like new hashtag, like more than an athlete Mm. that LeBron started. And then anyways, we talked a lot about mental health. Yes. I was going to ask you if you could share Yeah. If you could share some highlights like that, that were like hashtag more than athlete moments. Yeah. We, so Simone actually, there was a beautiful piece in there called anxiety and she it, it shed light on kind of the sort of the stuff that she was going through, like the TV was going and it was like Simone Biles, Simone Biles and like her face everywhere and talking about getting overwhelmed. And then I actually got to share a p- poetry mm-hmm. um, piece called Letters to My Younger Self. And it was talking about just things I wish I would have known growing up about the sport, about myself and like really speaking honestly and respectfully and standing up for yourself and loving yourself completely. So um, that was also really big. And there was a piece right after that called fix you. But even more than that, like there were every song was intentional and every piece was intentional. Mm -hmm. Um, We would do chalk talk before with some of the girls where they would ask us questions and, um, it just felt like people could really see us. Yeah. And it was more like we did gymnastics. Yeah. We did a lot of gymnastics, but we also did tell a story. Yeah. And so Swanee, Swanee who put on who directed the entire um show, he he wanted to share a message too about like being golden and he gave us all rocks in the beginning. And it was like he was severely bullied growing up. And through that he realized no matter what, when people try to say something about you or, you know, try to pull down your kite that's already up, Mm -hmm. essentially that gold piece inside of you, no one can take away. Mm -hmm. So we all have that. And yeah, we can't, we don't let anyone touch it. That's beautiful. I love that. Well, I, I think you can still view it online. We'll put a link in the show notes to that too. Amazing. So I want to just wrap up. We have this is the first time we've done this where we've been grateful to engage with our GLOW community. So this is from Gabby. Gabby asks, how do you get over a beam mental block or any mental block? I've been having trouble with this series. So growing up, we didn't call it mental block. We called it fear. And so I really like this question because um, I think nowadays we gave fear a name and therefore it holds power over us. Mm. And we have two thoughts, the positive and the negative, and they can't both coexist. Um, you decide which one you want to feed. Mm-hmm. So I think that you know exactly when you're going to go and when you're not and taking those turns that you balk or, you know, one, it sets yourself up for more injury and two, you're feeding that negative thought. And essentially, it's going back to the basics and doing everything you need to do to work your way back up to that skill. And also learning to trust in yourself and your coach, because your coach would never ask you to do something you weren't capable of, and also understanding that you are capable of doing it. So whether that's going through the basics, again, to realize that you are ready for that skill, but at the end of the day, it really comes down to just trusting and believing in yourself. Awesome. Great. 
And then from Allison, what advice can you give to those who feel like they aren't good enough in the gym? How do you cope with the stress of being an athlete at your level? Maybe we can touch briefly on both of them. Yeah. Um, so I think it also comes down to like what makes you feel like you're not good enough. And a lot of that comes from comparing. Mm -hmm. So no one's path is the same and no one, no one's path is going to look the same. Success comes from how you define it and how you make the best of it. All you can do is focus on yourself. And so understanding that also fits into life too. Yes. I love that. I love it. love it. So we, we touched on coping with stress a little bit, being an athlete, because you, in terms of writing and, and getting into nature and cognitive therapy and all the things, is there anything you want to add to that? Realizing that you are not just a gymnast, you do gymnastics and finding your getaway and hobbies outside of the sport, take away and alleviate that pressure. Beautiful. This is from Prabita. She, um, not everyone shared where they're from, but she's from India and she says, how do you face society which makes us mentally broken? Oh, I mean, yeah, getting away from society, like I think sometimes putting your phone down mm -hmm. and just spending time with yourself, because especially during um, quarantine, I think my mom would always say like during that time made her realize that nothing else really matters, like the way you look, how much money you have, certain things like that. They're not, they're not around forever and we're not around forever. So making the most out of everything you have. Mm -hmm. And I think just trying to be as kind as you can to everyone you encounter, but giving, but that also includes yourself. That's great. I love that disconnect to reconnect with yourself. And cause that's where all the treasures lie. That's lovely. And then from Gabriel, during the 10 performances, you exude so much joy. How do you find joy daily? Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Um, I find joy daily. Um, cause I really do everything that I love. Like my coach always said, like, do things that bring you happiness. And I feel like I've luckily been able to have a good, um, I guess a job to allow me to have the most fun as I can every single day, which is great. Um, but yeah, I try to surround myself with the most positive people and that includes me. We, we attract what we give off. And so I have the tightest core group I've ever had in my entire life. And that doesn't mean it has to be 10. Honestly, I have my best friend and my brother and those are like my core people. Yeah. <laughs> this one sweet one from Anna, she says, and I think she was talking about like your shift from when you were feeling all the pressure with the Olympics and how you shifted into world at UCLA and collegiate. She says, love you so much. How did you learn to smile again? Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I'm really, really blessed. I had really, really good parents and environment that my mom always sees the light in people and in things and situations. And no matter how devastating or um, upsetting things can get or overwhelming, I could always find light in those. So going to college only allowed me to, I felt like maybe unmask my smile and make it more natural mm -hmm. because I did smile in situations and didn't realize how forced it was at times. Um, but I think just doing something that for myself, like for so long of my career was dictated 
by people around me mm-hmm. versus myself. And when I finally had time to ask what I wanted is when I finally found love again for the sport and joy for myself. So I think that also plays into the last question a little bit. It's like, I don't do things for other people. Like, yes, I get inspired by other people and motivated by other people. But at the end of the day, I do things that I love and that make me happy. That's an important message. Good, good note to leave on. I love that. It's beautiful. I saw you were quoted as saying people think it's a brutal sport, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be that way. And I think that's such an important message for anyone that's embarking or interested in gymnastics or has a passion around it. I love that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, definitely. Because, right, it's like the little four-year-old that fell in love with it. (laughs) Yes. And why did she love it so much? Yeah, keep that inner child, that spirit with you. I think that's important. Yeah. So I saw your video poetry piece titled Beautifully Molded. Um, I think this is such an important piece of work, and I'm grateful that you shared it with the world. So if we could learn a little bit more about your current passions and your creative juices and what you're putting out into the world right now, or what's coming. Yes. So um, for the past couple of years now, I've been working on a piece that this, mainly during quarantine, I guess, um, I wrote a 10 minute piece and I'm turning it into an animation short film. And so this is where you guys come in, the listeners. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I'll be releasing a Kickstarter soon. I have the, um, the six key artworks done in the story. I have recorded all I need is the, I guess the financial capability to be able to make an animation made, which I didn't realize was so expensive. And another thing to tie that into is like, I think people get it really twisted that like, because of the success I've had, I'm now like super rich or something like that. But like NIL is a rule that came out in July of this year. So everything that you guys have seen, I've never, I have not been able to capitalize on, which is the craziest part of like all of it. So, um, yeah, I just, I really, I think that the message that this short film has is really important, especially now in the time is like now. Um, and I just would love to share with all of you guys. So if anyone, even like a dollar goes a long way, um, I would love as much support as I can receive to get it done and um, for everyone to be able to watch it and hear the, the message be um, accessible to the world. Love it. I think it's so important. We need more people like you, like just sharing your light, sharing your gifts, sharing your talents, sharing the beautiful messages, because we all impact one another. We're interconnected and we all have can have a positive impact on one another. So thank you for for sharing that. And then are you also working on a book as well? So I think I have, there's a quite a few book projects that I think are in the works, a teenage series. I'm thinking of doing now a children's book. And then um, I do still want to release my poetry coffee table book. So um, that might take a little bit of time just to get everything in line. But those are all things that I really want to get done. So Okay, cool. Well, we'll link to your to your social channels. And so folks can just keep up to date on like what you're working on and when it comes when it's birthed and you know, is comes out into the world so that they can, they can be a part of it and pay attention as well. Is there anything else you'd love to share about projects you're, you're dreaming up? 
Yeah. Um, well, kind of like you talked about Beautifully Molded, I do have a few that I am still sitting on right now that are finished. So I'm going to release a few more of those and also create more of those. And as you know, I got to direct and produce and write all of those. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun to create. So um, yeah, I'm excited for all of the creative things and just c- trying to make a new name for myself. I think gymnastics was just the beginning. So I'm really excited to see where everything goes. Awesome. Cool. Well, we're going to keep an eye out. Where's the best. So I, I'm obviously I'm following you on Instagram. Is that is that one of the best channels to sort of stay up to date on the latest and greatest that you're putting out into the world? Yeah, I think I share most of my stuff on Instagram, um, Twitter out with big projects. So I definitely release uh, on there too. Okay. And then trying to build my YouTube uh, channel, but I'm not great at it. So it's pretty rare. I was just going to ask you if you were building up your YouTube channel too, because with all these beautiful videos coming out, you might need to uh, get that one. Start. <laughs> get that one going. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. We'll definitely link to Beautifully Molded <laughs> as well. So folks can go right to that post and not have to go searching for it. So we'll have that on there too. Amazing. Cool. Thank you so much, Caitlin, for just being a light in this world and for sharing your your gifts. Appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much. This was wonderful. Thank you. Thank I appreciate you. you. Oh, thank you, Caitlin. Thank you to our entire team behind the scenes at Glow. I'm so grateful for your care and commitment to serving our members around the world. Thank you to our teachers for so beautifully sharing your gifts and talents. I'm also grateful to our lovely community of GLOW members. You've supported us since 2008, and because of you, we get to continue to do the work we love. It's the combined support of our team, our teachers, and our community that grants me the privilege to continue to bring you the GLOW podcast. Thank you to Lee Schneider, our Red Cub Agency, for production support. And the beautiful music you're hearing now is by Carrie Rodriguez and her husband, Luke Jacobs. And remember, Take care of yourself because our world needs you. Thank you for coming on this journey with me. You can find the Glow Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or glo.com slash podcast, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Derek Mills.